0: Hi listeners, welcome back to Motivate, the motivation and inspiration podcast. I'm your host, Dahi D, and today's guest is Trevor Moad talking about why you need to stop with the negative thinking. We all know that negative thinking is detrimental to our success, but yet we turn to it whenever we get tired of trying to put a positive spin on everything. Trevor breaks down why you should not just look for positive thinking or negative thinking, but instead neutral. That's it for me today. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. What I learned ultimately, my dad was the president of the National Association for Self-Esteem. Most people probably don't even know there is that. (laughs) And he was one of the first authors of Chicken Soup for the Soul. So Mm -hmm. for anybody that's probably above 35, they would know that. But the power of positive thinking never resonated with me. And when I was young and I was 18 years old and I dropped out of college and I was diagnosed with an initial diagnosis of cancer. And it turned out to be shingles and a number of other things. I did start to understand quickly that, well, I don't know if positive thinking works all the time, and that the data is anecdotal. I do know that negative thinking does work, and it works negatively. And one of the things is I would start at Alabama, and I would start with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I would start with the Miami Dolphins, I started to realize, and even looking back to a young age, that nobody wants to be told to be positive. That positive thinking is probably the number one reason this industry has not grown in my 44 years of living. Positive thinking, in many cases, repulses people. You're telling me to be positive and I'm going through a divorce. You're telling me to be positive and I threw three interceptions. You're telling me to be positive and I gotta deal with this president. You're telling me to be positive and I got this current situation. You're telling me to be positive and I got this health situation. So then what's the alternative? Well, the alternative has always been negative. So when we would get to the University of Alabama you have a this finite window of time. How long could you influence? Um, everything comes down to influence. Would you agree? Yeah. Whether it's your family, your kids, whatever the circumstances, the situations. So the NCAA gives you 22 hours to influence your players over a week. And so when you look at the human performance, you look at nutrition, you look at strength and conditioning, you look at fatigue science, you look at all these different things. Coach Saban believed that there had to be some emphasis on psychological education. And so how are we going to do that and how is it going to be efficient? Well, most people think of sports psychology as treating somebody who has a problem. Mm -hmm. Nick Saban didn't look at it that way. He looked at how do we make our best players better? How do we take great players and make them greater? And then how do we have an educational platform for all 120 players? And a college football team is a business, it's 120 employees, and you lose 35% of the employees every year, and it's an EBITDA-driven business where when you succeed, you get more sponsorship, Mm -hmm. and as you get more sponsorship, you make more money, and as you make more money, the school makes more money and everybody benefits, and it all happens from winning. But if your best players leave every year in that 35% and they take their great behaviors and their great habits and their great mindset with them, then you're in trouble. So you have to develop programmatics. You have to develop a system. I mean, you look at Quest and what you guys did that ultimately when you were going to sell it or you're going to evolve, that there had to be, if we're going to create the ultimate metabolic type of food or we're going to limit, like, the recipe has to be the same so you're not the only one that can cook it. Mm. So ultimately, psychologically, we had to come up with a plan for everybody. I think that learning how to meditate and regulate your breath is important, but to me, I think that's AP chemistry, and we need an eighth-grade version where we just know, okay, that there's a, 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 a table of elements mm. and we need the basics. And, and so that's what we did. When we started to study, what we learned was that negative thinking was the most powerful element that our players were combating. That negative thinking was weaponized, weaponizing them against them. So how's negativity carried? Well, is it your internal thoughts? Well, if you're dealing with trying to change internal thoughts, then you got to go to affirmations and you got to go to imagery, you got to go to visualization. Very difficult skills. Well, we started to look at the externalization. Well, if somebody says something out loud, it's 10 times more powerful than if they think it. And then as we started to study the data, particularly data that was just reinforced by Christine Porath from Georgetown and Harvard, that negativity is a multiple of four to seven times more powerful than positivity so think about that if I say something out loud it's 10x if it's negative it's four to seven times more powerful so when I say negative things out loud it's 40 to 70 times more likely that that will happen or cause a result that won't be good for me than if I just didn't say anything so as we were going into our second year at Alabama we were going into our first year at Florida State and we were ultimately going into our second year at the University of Georgia we made a bet. What if we could just get our players to not say stupid things out loud? What if we could just do that? Not teach any element of positive thinking, but eliminate conversations about the heat, complaining about coaches, complaining about circumstances, complaining about situations, verbalizing negativity. But we weren't going to lie to them and say, hey, be positive. We just taught them the data. And then what we did was some of the things that you, you noticed in the book, the stories in and around negativity are incredible. Tell us some. Um, Bill Buckner was one that took my breath away. So, so Billy Buckner, who just passed away recently, was uh, an incredible, an eight time gold glove, a great baseball player for the Boston Red Sox. Well, he made a mistake in sports that would be one of the biggest sport bloopers in history. And in 1986, he let the game winning run score on a ground ball through his legs that ultimately would give the Mets the World Series. Mm-hmm. Now, I was just watching an ESPN E60 Jeremy Shap story, and I saw an interview that was done in 1990, that resurfaced in 1995, where Buckner was interviewed 12 days before the World Series, and he said, you know, the dreams are to win, you know, to win the World Series, and the nightmare would be for me to let the game-winning run score on a ground ball through my legs. You know, and then ultimately, that's exactly what would happen. Now, by saying that out loud, what did he do? He didn't make it happen but he increased the probability. And this is what I want people to understand. Your internal thoughts are all over the place. I I wanna push on that. Do you think that he makes it more likely because it's going to subtly influence his behavior or because you're talking to some magical deity that then says, well you said it and so I'm gonna make it happen? I think that what he did is a subconscious plant. By verbalizing it and knowing that it's 10 times more powerful, he's planting it in his subconscious. He's not. He doesn't want it to happen, but it becomes something that's ultimately on his mind, and he gave it more power by verbalizing it. And then wasn't there somebody that said, oh, "I I worry that I'm going to retire and die at forty of a heart attack." Right. Like so that. so Pistol Pete Maravich, uh, a basketball player. I'll give you two other examples, but but he was interviewed at 26 years old, and he said, "You know, I don't want to play 10 years of pro basketball and die at the age of 40 of a heart attack." Well, he played 10 years of pro basketball in Pasadena, California, died of a heart attack at 40. There's another great story that I saw um, from a magazine called Success Unlimited in 1973. A guy is hired to fix a refrigerated boxcar in back of a train. He goes into the train. He panics, gets himself locked inside the boxcar. So now he's pounding on the door. There's nothing to do. He starts to panic and thinks he's going to freeze to death. He finds a pen. He starts writing down, Tom, what's going through his mind. And he writes down, I'm becoming colder. As people, one of the things we do to ourselves is observe and report. I'm not playing well. I'm having a bad day. We're having a bad quarter. My marriage isn't going well. We observe and report. Still colder now, he writes, nothing to do but wait. Half asleep, I can hardly write. Finally, he says, These may be my last words. And I'll show you the article. They open up the boxcar many hours later and they find him and he's dead. But the temperature inside the boxcar was 56 degrees. That's so crazy. The freezing apparatus was broken. There was plenty of air in the boxcar. There was no physical reason for his death. The best they could say is somehow he talked himself into dying. And as you know, the book covers the psychogenic death in and around the Korean War. When the Korean War, one-third of all American POWs died, and they said that one of the things that was done in the POW camps was the negativity. They manufactured articles about the United States being bombed. They withheld all positivity. They didn't give them any mail. Believe it or not, there are like... Uh, regulations for POW camps throughout the world. And ultimately they filled up these healthy American soldiers with all this doubt. Uh, uh, a priest would end up calling it give up itis. And healthy American soldiers over a period of days would walk over to a corner, sit down and die of broken hearts. So negativity is the most powerful thing we're combating. Look at our politics today. A positive message versus a negative message. It's no, no, no chance.